Alhamdulillah, we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the most majestic and the most high. In Him we put our trust and on Him do we rely. He is our Rabb and our Mawla, our only ally. It is in turning to Him that the souls beautify. And it is by remembering Him that the hearts purify. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that our good deeds multiply and that He causes our sins and evil to nullify. May salat and salam be upon the one to whose prophethood we all testify. As to what follows, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has reminded us to be conscious of Him when He says in the Quran, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu attaqullaha haqqa tuqatih wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun. Dear Muslims, now that Ramadan has come to an end, all too often we fall into our previous habits. And of the most destructive of those habits is something that the Quran has explicitly warned against in multiple verses. In the beginning of Surah Al-Mu'minun, Qad Aflah Al-Mu'minun, we all know that the first characteristic is Alladinahum fi salatihim khashi'un, those that have khushu' in their salah. But what is the second characteristic mentioned in this series of verses? It is that characteristic that we have to be especially vigilant of now that Ramadan has come to an end and the hustle and bustle of our ibadat and our rituals and our routine and our coming to the masjid have come to an end and we have so much free time. What is the second characteristic that Allah Azza wa describes the people of Firdaus as? Even before Allah talks about zakah, and Allah talks about being honest and upholding your promises. The second characteristic of the people of Firdaus, those who turn away from idle, useless laghu. In fact, this reality of turning away from laghu, of turning away from useless things, it is a constant theme throughout the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes it as being of the essential characteristics of the mu'min in multiple occasions. Allah azza wa jal describes the believers, for example in Surah Qasas, وَإِذَا سَمِعُوا اللَّغْوَ أَعْرَضُوا عَنْهُ When they hear useless stuff, wasting time, they turn away from it. وَقَالُوا لَنَا أَعْمَالُنَا وَلَكُمْ أَعْمَالُكُمْ And they say, we have our ways, our lifestyle, our deeds, and you have your deeds. سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ Peace be unto you. لَا نَبْتَغِ الْجَاهِلِينَ We don't have time to be with the jahil. The righteous don't waste their time, and they don't participate in gatherings that waste their time. In yet another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the conclusion of Surah Al-Furqan. And by the way, the beginning of Surah Al-Mu'minun and the ending of Surah Al-Furqan, please read them after the khutbah. These are checklists of how to get to Firdaus. Literally, point one, point two, point three. Both of them, Allah concludes by describing the believers and then saying, those are the people that are going to enter Firdaus. Those are the people that are going to enter the highest gardens, the ghuraf. And in both of them, of the essential characteristics, Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَإِذَا مَرُّوا بِاللَّغْوِ مَرُّوا كِرَامًا Surah Furqan. When they pass by laghu, they pass by with dignity. They don't get involved in the time wasting. When they pass by other people gathering together to waste their time, to backbite, to slander, to just as we say in English, shoot the breeze, they have better things to do. مَرُّوا كِرَامًا They go by with dignity. 
And therefore, in these verses and others, Allah Azza wa Jal emphasizes that of the characteristic of the believer is that he does not get involved in lahu. Now, what exactly is lahu? What's the technical definition of lahu? Our scholars say that every type of speech that is of no benefit, every type of speech that doesn't have any wisdom, no wise purpose, and especially speech that is not thought out, it is just gossip and vain talk, it constitutes lahu. And in fact, to give you an idea of what is lahu, another verse will make us understand. Allah says, لا يؤاخذكم الله باللغو في أيمانكم ولكن ما عقدتم الأيمان Allah is not going to call you to task for the لغو of your oaths in Allah but rather what you say with firmness, what you say with intent in other words, you know when we speak to our friends we might just say, oh wallahi that place is the best wallahi that food was the best food I ever had and everybody knows when you say wallahi you're not given like a solemn oath like, a, uh, like a, in a court of law like you're saying wallahi I'm gonna honor the contract everybody knows this that when you say it as a figure of speech wallahi it's not the same as when you say it in a serious gathering Allah calls this lahu you didn't think about it even though it's not wrong it's not batil but when you didn't think about it and it wasn't done wisely even when you use the name of Allah Allah says I shall overlook this lahu in other words anything that doesn't have a wisdom or benefit anything that is not of use to you either worldly sense or of an akhirah sense it actually constitutes a type of lahu and subhanallah brothers and sisters wallahi all of us are guilty of lahu all of us are guilty of spending too much time in useless or idle matters and in going to gatherings that are of absolutely no benefit to us on the contrary many, many of those gatherings are going to harm us or hurt us or regret on the day of judgment our Prophet wasallam said, never does a person attend a gathering in which Allah is not mentioned and dhikr is not done, except that on the day of judgment, that gathering will be a source of regret. Notice he didn't say punishment. Not every gathering you go to is going to get punished. But if you wasted your time, nothing was accomplished on the day of judgment, you're going to be pinching yourself. I wasted three hours on that day, five hours. I didn't do anything. I could have done something of use. So there's certain types of lahu that are actual sin. And that's gatherings of backbiting, gatherings of slander, gatherings where people do bad things. And then there's other lahu which might not be a sin, but you didn't get, gain anything. You didn't benefit anything. And the believer is wiser than that. The believer does not waste his most precious commodity. That commodity that cannot be purchased with money. And that is the commodity of time. The believer spends his time wisely. And that is why Allah Azza wa says, When they pass by lahu, they are dignified. And Allah says, what they say is, Lana a'maluna walakum a'malu. And they're saying this to themselves. You don't have to say this verbally, but you say to yourself, I have my deeds. I have to think about what I'm doing with my life. And you have yours. That's your business. I'm not responsible for you, but I am responsible for myself. Brothers and sisters, now that Ramadan is over and many of us, we are slipping back into our previous lifestyles. I remind myself and all of you that this is the ideal time, the opportune time to think critically about how much time we're actually not even spending doing that which is wise. How much time we 
waste in that which is lahu. And as I said, not all lahu is batil, not all lahu is sinful, but all lahu is a waste of time. And all lahu is not going to benefit us. So the believer chooses wisely and only gets involved with that which will be of benefit. How do we go about practically avoiding such things? First and foremost, don't put yourself in situations where you're going to waste your time. You yourself be wise. You don't have to accept every single invitation. Choose wisely. You don't have to walk into every single gathering. Our Prophet ﷺ said, of the perfection of one's iman is that you leave that which is of no concern to you. Choose wisely where you go and what you spend your time with. And one of the Quranic terms, which is very beautiful, Allah says in Surah Al-Mu'minun, that they are mu'ridun to lahu. They turn their backs to lahu. Look at the profundity. They don't even tempt themselves. They don't even lend an ear and then see what's going on with the gossip and then sit down. No. When they pass by the gatherings of lahu, they pass by with dignity. You don't have to be nasty to the people, but why should you spend time with doing nothing? So notice the Quranic term, a'radu anhu, mu'ridun. They turn their backs away from lahu. So you be wise about where you go and how you spend your time. Of the ways as well is that we should be conscious that lahu involves the tongue. So we make up any negatives with the tongue by positives of the tongue. In a beautiful hadith uh, narrated in the Sunan of An-Nisa'i, Abdullah ibn Abi Awfa, one of the Sahaba, he described the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Somebody asked him, tell me how the Prophet was. He said, Kana He would always be doing dhikr and he would minimize lahu. He would minimize lahu. Now when we're talking about the Prophet lahu doesn't mean anything batil, but it just means, you know, conversation that is of no value. That would be minimal and dhikr would be maximum. So, in order to counteract lahu, we need to develop a lifestyle of dhikr. Constantly remembering Allah and tasbih and tahmeed. Also, of the ways to counter lahu, which is explicit in the hadith, is by giving charity. In fact, we just gave zakat al-fitr two, three days ago. And do you know what the Prophet wasallam said? In an authentic hadith, he said that zakat al-fitr is to make a kafara for the lahu of the one who was fasting. Literally, the zakat is going to be a kafara for the time wasted while fasting. And so of the ways we get rid of lahu is by charity. In one hadith as well in An-Nasa'i, our Prophet Wasallam passed by the marketplace and he said these bazaars these souks there's a lot of lahu going on here and so purify it by giving charity and therefore we should realize that time wasting and doing lahu one of the ways to overcome that is that we give some charity for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and of the ways as well we counteract lahu is to choose friends with wisdom and this is something we should constantly do brothers and sisters wallahi we go through our fridge and our pantries we throw away that which is not benefit to us, might harm us. I'm telling you honestly, we need to do the same with our acquaintances. Who exactly do you socialize with? Is that person a positive influence or is that person dragging you down? A person follows the religion of his friends. A person follows the deen and akhlaq of his friends. If you're with a group of people who constantly backbite, slander, or in the latest gossip, then why are you a part of that group? Withdraw from that and find another group that is a group of ilm, a group of dhikr, a group of righteousness, a 
group that is going to benefit you. A person follows the akhlaq of your friends, of his friends. So be careful who your friends are. Brothers and sisters, one of the most amazing things about the, the concept of laghu is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually describes Jannah as being a place where there is no laghu whatsoever. In multiple verses in the Quran, Allah azza wa jal says that the place of Jannah, la laghun fiha wa la ta'theem. There is no idle talk, nor is there any evil there. And Allah Azza wa Jal says in the Quran that uh, that لا يسمعون فيها لغو إلا سلاما. They will not hear any لغو. They're only going to hear سلام in Jannah. لا يسمعون فيها لغو ولا تأثيما. They're not going to hear لغو nor any evil speech. In five verses, Allah describes Jannah as a place that is absent of لغو. Therefore, what this indicates is that if we want to get to Jannah, we should strive that in this world we minimize our gatherings of لغو. Brothers and sisters, time is now open for us after the month of Ramadan. Let us fill that time with that which is wise, with that which is beneficial for us. And to conclude this issue of laghu, please understand that laghu is not good talk in which you comfort a person or you find out what they're doing or you have brotherhood in a khuwa. This is the essence of iman, to have positive conversations. Laghu means vain talk. Idle talk, talk that is of no benefit and generally involves other people or involves backbiting or ghibah or it involves gossip and slander or it involves complete wastage of time. Of course, gatherings where our brotherhood is increased and we find out the situation and hal of others and our ukhuwa is for the sake of Allah. This is the essence of iman and it is not a part of laghu. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to make us of those who when they see laghu, they turn and they walk away. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Bless me and you with and through the Quran and may he make us of those who is verses they understand and applies halal and haram throughout their lifespan. I ask Allah's forgiveness. You as well ask him for he is the Ghafoor and the Rahman. Alhamdulillah, all praise is due to Allah, the one and the unique. He is he it is whom we worship and it is his aid that we seek. He is the Lord of the oppressed and the one who answers the call of the weak. Brothers and sisters, we have spoken about Palestine multiple times in the last week. And some amongst us even feel a sense of fatigue hearing about Palestine. We have spoken about it almost every single day. If we get tired of merely speaking about it, what do you think of those that are living that tragedy right now? One of the things we cannot do is to ignore that reality. And in fact, my advice to myself and all of you is that do not scroll over those images and those videos that we see on Facebook and on our WhatsApp. Rather, watch them so that your hearts remain alive at the pain and suffering that is happening as we speak. The situation has gone from bad to worse and there's only so much that we can do. I advise myself and all of you, first and foremost, to follow the news. Log on just for the sake of that particular area. Find out what is going on and understand and listen so that perhaps inshallah ta'ala our hearts will always remain motivated. As well, do not trivialize the spiritual elements of combating this problem. 
I have spoken multiple times about this. Dua and dhikr and, and charity and helping out in whatever way. That spirituality, feeling a part of the ummah, that spirituality, inshaAllah ta'ala, will be our salvation on the day of judgment. Do not trivialize dua. If the least that the dua will accomplish is that it will soften our hearts, it has accomplished enough. And Allah knows maybe a dua from a righteous amongst us might be accepted. As well, dear Muslims, I want every one of us to educate himself or herself about the political realities of Palestine so that you can challenge the narrative in your own circle of friends, in your own acquaintances. I want every one of you to become an ambassador for this cause because it is an Islamic cause. Do not allow any of your friends or acquaintances to say something that is incorrect. Become a beacon of information. If all of us did this, then the narrative will change. Every one of you has friends in your own circle, your colleagues at work. Every one of you has people that follow you on Facebook that have the opposite news, that have the incorrect understanding. Perhaps you can be the one whom Allah uses to change one person's narrative and gain one ally and support. Be proactive and be wise and know your facts, know your figures, and that requires you to study as well. Also, brothers and sisters, now is also the time to monitor our own elected officials and others in our community who are allying with the wrong side. And of course, it's true, our quantities are small, but in some areas we can have clout and influence. And eventually, inshallah, Ta'ala, we will have the numbers to have a change across this country, but there are areas in this country where we already have those demographics. We cannot sit by silently when our own elected officials make such statements, challenge them, tweet at them, write to them. And if there's alternative candidates in the next election, the least we can do is to make this one of the key issues that we judge the, the, the validity of a candidate by. What is a person's stance on Palestine? What is a person's stance on Israel? That should be one of the key issues that we look at every time somebody runs for public office. Also, as I have said before, no matter how painful it is, but we also have traitors in our midst who are clearly and vocally allying with the wrong side or cuddling up with entities that themselves have wrong agendas. We have to monitor them and make sure we do not forget that in this time of crises, these people, some of whom even have some knowledge, they, they, took, they were on the wrong side of history. As well, brothers and sisters, one of the most difficult things to say, there are some people that are misguided in their understanding of Islam. And unfortunately, they make this issue nothing to do with the apartheid regime and they blame the Muslims or they blame other entities or they blame a political group in Palestine and they say the fault is all theirs. Forget those other issues. Right now we have an aggressor and we have those upon whom aggression is done. Right now we have a zalim and we have a mazlum. Anybody who ignores the zalim, anybody who ignores this Zionist apartheid entity and concentrates on maybe some mistakes were made or maybe other issues have to be done but now is not the time we have a clear enemy and for anybody to ignore that enemy and to instead say it's your fault or your fault or your fault then this is an internal enemy we will discuss our differences later on no doubt they're different understandings of Islam but right now the ummah has to unite under the banner of la ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah anybody who wants to divide the ummah now anybody who's gonna point fingers within the ummah even as the bombs are dropping and you ignore them this is a 
a person who the least that we can say about him lacks complete wisdom and hikmah and does not understand the reality of Islam. And I say this because I know some of them are sincere and some of them genuinely believe this is their version of Islam, but they are misguided and mistaken even if Allah forgives them on the day of judgment. And we need to call out this backwardness of trying to find fault with other Muslims and other understandings and ignoring the bigger enemy in the room. There's a time and a place to talk about internal issues. Right now, when people are dying and children are being buried and bombs are falling on our heads, now is not the time to divide and disunite. Also, brothers and sisters, there are charities that, alhamdulillah, are doing positive uh, deeds in, uh, in, the, in Palestine and Gaza. There are hospitals that we can help. There are other things that can be done. Find out any registered charity that we're allowed to give to and help. And also, find out about the BDS movement. The BDS movement is an economic pressure that the Muslims can put. Any company that is supporting, any company that is operating in occupied territories, any company that is benefiting from that illegal occupation, find out what they are, publicize them amongst us, and tell us to boycott that company. Do not buy products of that company. We have to apply economic pressure. When our Prophet migrated to Medina, one of the conditions of the treaty inside Medina was that the, the Yahud of Medina could not deal economically with the Quraysh. If they did so, they would break the treaty. You have to use economic pressure as well. And this is what the BDS movement is. And every Muslim should be a supporter of this movement. These are some of the pressures that we can do. And of course, more than this is that which other entities and governments can do. We do what we can. But brothers and sisters, the Palestine issue, the Palestine issue is not something that we can ever ignore. It's not something we can ever trivialize. Palestine and Masjid al-Aqsa is our holy land. If it is taken, we are all failures. Right now, the people of Palestine and the people at the forefront, these are the people that we need to be making dua for. We should be proud of every single woman, child, and man amongst them. Wallahi, brothers and sisters, a great scholar online, he said, those people that have died over there, they're the ones that are alive. And all of us here, we are dead. We seek Allah's refuge. Those that have died in Palestine defending Aqsa, they're the ones who are alive because Allah says in the Quran that the shaheed is not dead. And here we are the entire ummah and we can do nothing. It is as a spiritually, spiritually we have failed and we ask Allah Azza wa for his refuge. These are some points and inshaAllah ta'ala experts and those that know can give us more details. But every one of us must do our job and every one of us must do something so that we can tell Allah on the day of judgment oh Allah I tried my best this is all that I could do and that's what I did and perhaps in that small amount perhaps Allah Azza wa Jal might forgive us Allahumma inni da'in fa'aminu Allahumma la ta'la'a fi hadhan yawmi dhamman illa ghafarta wa la hamman illa farrajta wa la daynan illa qadayta wa la maridan illa shafayta wa la asiran illa yassarta Allahumma fillana wa li ikhwanina ladhina sabakuna bil iman wa la taj'a fi qulubina ghilla lillatina amanu rabbana innaka raufur rahim Allahumma أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم من أرادنا أو أراد مقدساتنا بذل اللهم فعليك به يا الله يا قوي يا عزيز أو الله we ask you to destroy the tyrants أو الله destroy the oppressors أو الله أو الله show us the miracles of your power in them أو الله help our brothers and sisters in Palestine أو الله help them to overcome the evil and the aggressors أو الله أو 
Allah, show us your rahmah and mercy and power through them and by them, O Allah. For indeed, you are the qawi, you are the aziz. Ibadallah, inna Allah ta'ala amarakum bi abnin bada bihi bi nafsi wa thanna bi malaikati qudusi wa thalatha bikum ayyuhal munun min jinnihi wa insi faqal azza min qalin alima inna Allah wa malaikatu yusallun ala nabi ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik wa an'im ala abdika rasulika Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Ibadallah, inna Allah ta'ala ya'mur bil adli wal ihsani wa ita'id al qurba wa yanha an al fahshai wal munkari wal baghi ya'idu لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله العظيم يذكركم واشكروه يزد لكم ولذكر الله تعالى أكبر وأقم الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حيا للصلاة حيا للفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله استو اعتدلوا الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين والسماء ذات البروج واليوم الموعود وشاهد ومشهود قتل أصحاب الأخدود النار ذات الوقود إذ هم عليها قعود وهم على ما يفعلون بالمؤمنين شهود وما نقموا منهم إلا أن يؤمنوا بالله العزيز الحميد الذي له ملك السماوات والأرض والله على كل شيء شهيد إن الذين فتنوا المؤمنين والمؤمنات ثم لم يتوبوا ثم لم يتوبوا فلهم عذاب جهنم ولهم عذاب الحريق إن الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات لهم جنات تجري من تحتها الأنهار ذلك الفوز الكبير إن بطش ربك لشديد إنه هو يبدئ ويعيد وهو الغفور الودود ذو العرش المجيد فعال لما يريد هل أتاك حديث الجنود فرعون وثمود بل الذين كفروا في تكذيب والله من ورائهم محيط بل هو قرآن مجيد في لوح محفوظ الله أكبر
سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين إذا جاء نصر الله والفتح ورأيت الناس يدخلون في دين الله أفواجا فسبح بحمد ربك واستغفره إنه كان توابا الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله